When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Um, it's concerning. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I... I feel really good about the top guys, um, you know, and then some of these young guys got to come on, you know, but when you're kind of top heavy with finances, you know, you, that's what you got to do. So we're, we're hopefully we'll stay healthy and try and get these younger guys better. And welcome in. I believe it's episode three of Purple Access. Judd Zolgad, uh, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist. Of course, if our names ring a bell together, we <laughs> for years covered the Vikings for the Star Tribune together. And uh, Declan Goff, executive producing as always. And Chipper, we are finally to week one, Sunday. It is the Vikings and Bengals. Uh, but let's go back to that quote um, that Zimmer just gave during the <laughs> press conference yesterday because, you know, I'll give Mike this. He certainly gets frustrated with us, and I don't think he enjoys the media duties. But that being said, every once in a while, he gives a really insightful or at least intriguing answer. That one would qualify. And I think it's worth discussing uh, the fact that the one thing that we could definitely take from the Vikings 0-3 exhibition season, because the the starters basically didn't play much, but um, it is the depth and the concern about the depth. And what did you take from that comment about this team's I think the key thing is here, lack of quality depth. It raised my eyebrows. Um, I don't know if it was a direct shot across the bow to the GM, but it, um, it, it sort of felt like a shot at roster management and roster construction. Um, now, you can come back and say, well, Zimmer campaigned hard for Anthony Barr to be on this team, and that was one of the top-heavy guys that's created some of the depth issues. but. Um, it is, you know, part of it is when you have to pay a quarterback $31 million, this is what it is. But it also, it, I don't know if it would be hypocritical for me to come back and blast other things because other areas, because what have we said for years? Pay your homegrown talent. And we've applauded them for 
whether you go back to Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, guys that they um, that they drafted, groomed, paid, and they've shown the willingness to do that, and they did it again yesterday with Brian O'Neill. And so, um, I short of I think the Cousins thing is one conversation, but when you look at them um, giving big contracts to guys that they have groomed that they see as foundational pieces, it's kind of hard for me to rip that. So originally, because Phil Mackey read that quote on our show in real time, and originally I thought what you just said, which is that a shot at Spielman? Because there have definitely been some shots during the course of training camp at Rick, you know, when Gladney got cut and Mike said, well, he he treats those first-round picks like gold. (laughs) Uh, But the more I thought about it as the day progressed yesterday in that comment, the more I came to think what you just said is true. I think it's a. I think it's the latest shot at Cousins, uh, because he eats up so much. And and if you remove his contract, which by the way can be done without uh, as much pain after 2021, if you remove that contract, all these other contracts sort of work. Um, yeah. So I don't think it was an overall shot at at guys that they paid, and, and the fact that what an hour or so after they announced <laughs> that one, Brian O'Neill was signed to a rich extension. I I really think that the disintegration of whatever was left of the Zimmer Cousins relationship continues to take hits. So that's where I landed is I think that was saying when you're paying a quarterback, because, you know, you go back to Chip, the combine before Kirk Cousins was signed. And there is a quote from Mike basically telling Rick, don't sign a quarterback, i.e. Cousins, to that contract. Yeah. That's where I that's where I basically ended up was that was another shot at Kirk Cousins. And it, it it probably is some of that. Maybe it it maybe it is just the roster construction in general, but it it does speak to his frustration, which he's not even hiding at this point, um with where they're at after the starters. Correct. And I think I think he watched enough of that in the preseason and said you know, if we don't have good health, I'm in trouble <laughs> because this team just does not have good depth. Yep. And, I mean, how often do you hear a coach say his depth is concerned, you know, three days or four days before the opener um, and talk about the roster being top-heavy? And so, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be, you know, a, the biggest percentage of that is, is, um, is cause, you know, the lingering stuff with Cousins. But I uh, – Judd, isn't that and and obviously what he's making is now, but what is even an average quarterback going to cost you? I mean, you're you're going to have to spend money on a quarterback, um, probably more than you any coach would like to. But mm-hmm. that's we're going to short of drafting a guy and and having him be your starter on his rookie deal, the price tag is always going to be substantial, right? Well, you're, well, the thing about that though is, and this is the this is the conundrum about Kirk. <laughs> If any team develops a quarterback that they remotely like, you're not going to get the opportunity the Vikings did to sign Kirk. That's the other weird thing. Like, you've got to, for the most part, this is a you-develop-your-own-guy league. Um, And so he comes cheap for, you know, five years, relatively cheap, and then you pay him. But that's the the thing about Kirk is, is, you know, flat out, Chip, in the last 10 years, how many Kirk Cousinses have there been? Yeah. There really yeah. haven't. There aren't. Yeah. I mean, because you're you're right. Yeah, I mean that's um, 
you either groom them and pay them or you groom them and they flame out and they, they don't, you know, right. they don't become your guy. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a conundrum with them. And, but this is, you know, when you push your chips all in with them, it, and you, and you give them that kind of money and you pay the, I don't know if you call them stars, but they're, you know, your foundation pieces that are, are, are emerging. You can't whiff on the draft. That's you what, yes. that, that's can't. part two. Of, that's part two of this be, because everybody, what Mike is upset about could probably be said of a ton of rosters. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a salary cap uh, uh, league. So like you tell me, Chips Goggins, 30 through 53, what team says, we got a bunch of Hall of Famers here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, everybody always thinks they don't have enough depth. Um, it probably is just exacerbated by how bad they, they looked in the preseason. And, but it's, it is, I mean, they've, they've, you know, I mean, you're not going to bat a thousand in the draft, but I mean, you look at Jeff Gladney, a first round pick is no longer here. It's huge. Cam Danzler is sixth on the depth chart. You know, and these are guys that you you would expect to be core guys at this point in your secondary, and you one's gone and one you can't play. Yep. And so when you're a top-heavy roster like they are, and I'm not knocking that because I think you have to pay – what are you not going to pay Brian O'Neill? You have to pay him. Then you can't have the churn and the misses on the lower half of the roster like they're seeing. And it, that's, I think that's where Zimmer's um, frustration comes in. And I don't know if it's because they're spending so much on the quarterback or because they've made some mistakes in the draft and some of these things haven't worked out, whether it's Gladney or Dancer or whatever. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and I think the frustration, and th- this goes back to probably, um, this is my guess, total guess, where Mike's frustration with Rick resides is in, if I'm not mistaken, the last two drafts, they've drafted 26 players. And Rick loves to trade back and pass on pass on what's probably better talent for a multitude of you know I got five fifth round picks now, and mm-hmm. I, and I could certainly see Mike being frustrated by okay, but what have they done? Like Rick was so proud of fifteen picks, and fifteen picks sounds great, you know. And and I think I think the people that do this for a profession analyzing the draft, uh, it's easy to get bamboozled by. Oh my God, that team has fifteen picks they're going to be i mean some of these guys are going to be great right well that's not necessarily true so yeah i think your i thought that comment was interesting on a lot of levels that go way beyond well you know our 35th guy should be really good well that's not necessarily going to be the case yeah it jumped out i mean when he said it we were all like whoa it wasn't you expected here ah you know we're we're trying to get those guys better we're improving i mean it was not even that it's just like it's a concern right. we're top heavy and this is what um those Young guys have have to come along, and it's funny. A lot of a lot of players are talking about the young guys. I asked I asked Dalvin yesterday, Dalvin Cook. I said, you know, you didn't have the the preseason games, kind of where you feel like, you know, the offense is is that. And he's like, you know, we got core guys who play a lot of football. He said, but it's about getting these young guys ready. And so it's, I, I get the sense, and he's not the only player we, we've heard talk about young guys. I think there's a real concern about where their backups are at and where the depth guys. You saw the the preseason, yeah. But, but even amongst the players, even there I should mean, be. I know the I know the coaches are going to feel that way, but I'm sure the players are like, "Hey, let's go!" Because this, you know, this league is you can never ever count on good health. No, and nope. 
Well, for whatever reason, I think the Vikings are doing it at quarterback. They're counting on good health there because they've always had good health with this quarterback, but you're playing with fire there. But yeah, I think you, you can't count on it. And so I think these younger players are, or the older, the veterans are trying to press upon that to the young guys like, hey, let's go. I mean, you've got, you're going to, you're probably going to be needed this year at some point. Absolutely. All right. Sunday, Cincinnati, week one. Um, I've begun, and I, I talked about this, I think it was on Purple Daily yesterday with Mackie. I've begun to believe this. As bad as as training camp seem, seemingly went, and certainly the exhibition games didn't go well, Chip, I think we're over, I think we've overcorrected now, and we're like, oh, yeah. God, it's falling apart. It's all going to fall apart. When the reality is, yes, there are concerns. There's concerns with every single team. But I doesn't. I don't think that gives this team a pass to, to be like, well, there's, it's just going to be a bad year. I actually, I'm going. I'm picking them for ten wins. I think the schedule's tough. That that of course can change, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. as the season go, goes on. But what? But what's your sense of this team now going into week one? With I think a lot of people having a big apprehension because of what we saw in the last month and a half. Yeah, I. Uh... The start should be we have our official picks tomorrow. I went nine and eight. Um, I started at nine and went up to 10. Yeah. And I think there's two stretches. Is it November and late December where it gets really hard? Like I feel like there's two, four, three or four game stretches where it looks pretty daunting. Um, I I wrote this today for my column that, you know, the doom and gloom and the sky is falling with the offense because they looked, I think they scored two touchdowns and 34 drives in the preseason. It's like, I'm going to save mine until I see Dalvin and Justin Jefferson on the field. Now, if they struggle then, I'll think, okay, you know, this something's not right. But I don't know how you can – how do you evaluate an offense that doesn't have the two best players? You don't. And, and Thielen didn't really play. Cousins didn't really play. And so I don't – I think their offense is still going to be fine. Losing Irv Smith definitely makes them adjust, and I think that's going to hurt them. Um, but I still think you have – three really, really good skill guys and a quarterback who's accurate uh, when he's protected. Um, so I think they're going to be a good offense. What I wrote today is, and Zimmer talked about the other day, the unknowns. He said, you know, we have unknowns. And to me, the three unknowns are with the offense. First time uh, coordinator and play caller. How are they going to feel? Irv Smith role. And then obviously the big one, the offensive line. Um, but I still think the knowns are good enough to, and it, to, to be a good offense. And I, I think the defense is just going to be a lot better. I mean, I look at that defensive line and just, just a lot better. There's more talent. I mean, you got it. Yes. Uh, so I, I think, I think nine and eight, I mean, it's weird, Judd, because I think their depth issues, if they get hit hard, could really sabotage this thing. But if they don't get it hit hard, I could see them being the double digit win team. I think there's a pretty wide spectrum what how this and you can say that for everything probably, but I think there is legitimately a pretty wide spectrum for how this thing could go. Yeah, I went. Uh, I originally picked nine wins and, and then I went up to ten because I really believe that they're going to be the seventh seed. So I, I think they're going to get into the playoffs and I and nine wins might get you there, but I think ten does get you there. So mm-hmm. I added a win. Um, I I'll say this, Chip. In the time that I've covered this team. This is one of the most um, this is the most curious I've been in a long time, just as far as I don't know what to expect, because I think they could be good. And if they have good health, I think they could be successful. If they don't have good, good health, it gets 
dicey. And the only thing that concerned me about Kirk in training camp, it actually wasn't the games. It was the practices. He didn't look sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and part of the problem with Irv Smith being out is the one guy I really felt during the course of most practices that cousins had really good chemistry with was Irv Smith jr. So my, my apprehension about cousins was much more from a practice standpoint, which by the way, could be erased in week one, but I just have a lot of questions about, because I think there's a very broad, um, uh, there's a wide berth of how this team could look. And I don't know. I have a really good feel for it right now. I agree. I, I, mean, I didn't go to every practice that you went to, but the couple that I was there, I thought he was not sharp or not as accurate as we've seen. Yep. But how much do you think, Judd, that his play is predicated by Dalvin? Um, I think it's predicated a lot by Dalvin when they can go play action. Uh, but when you strip away play action, and it, it's got, it has to be more of the Kirk Cousins show, and Dalvin, yeah. Dalvin is not as good a decoy then. Um, that's where I wonder. And, and, and look, I do think Justin Jefferson is a special player. So don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, you put him out there consistently. I'm just saying, Kirk, from the time he got back from quarantine, he looked off. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that was rustiness. I don't know if that was him being upset how things were. I mean, Kirk, I think Kirk, for all Kirk says he, he ignores life. I think, uh. I think Kirk pays attention. So I'm just, I'm curious here. I, I just, I, I want to make it clear to people, I'm not passing judgment yet. I'm really curious what this team is going to look like because this is such an important season for so many people. And here's the thing we don't know, Judd. What will the temperature be like when things, when adversity hits, when they lose a, a game that they shouldn't have lost, when they play bad, when they have a two-game, three-game lead? And we already know there's some tension and friction and uneasiness. It's been there because of the COVID and and just how outspoken Zimmer has been and kind of the back and forth with his quarterback. Um, what happens when things get tough this season? And that how, how that affects the team. And we, we've seen it. We've seen adversity go either way. Teams come together and teams not come together and how it affects them. So I'm curious to see how – because, Zimmer, listen, Zimmer has not uh, been bashful in voicing his opinion on stuff this, this camp, right? No. Way more, and, and he's done it way more than I think he did the last few years. Don't I think you? so, without it. Oh, without doubt, I think he has. And so, if there's a bad loss, if his quarterback plays bad, if there's if they don't get off to a great start, what's it? What's the temperature going to be like? You know, off that point too. Who do they rally around? Who who's the who's the guy or who are the guys that they? Perfect example: the Denver win where they looked yeah. so bad in that first half. And that was very clear stuff on Diggs said, this BS ends now. And, and Stefan Diggs could be very volatile, but he was the guy that they rallied around. He had a great second half. Kirk thrived because of that. I thought um, who, if, if, you know, to your point, if they suffer a bad loss or two, who do they rally around? I would think just in personality watching Dalvin and Jefferson. I mean, th- those two guys seem like the kind that um, would be out front saying, all right, I'm putting a stop to this. You know, give me the ball or and follow my lead type thing. I, I think they, t- I think those two have the personality. They have one, the skill, the talent, obviously, but also the personality of kind of being the alphas. So I would say them, maybe uh, Kendricks, you know, I think he has that uh, in him. Daniel having Daniel back, obviously he's, he's, you know, 
the top gun in, in, in that room. So um, I would say probably those four would jump out to me. I think Daniil's back too. I am oh, not, yeah. I, yeah. I am, I had, when training camp began, Chipper, I, I had concerns there. Um, but I will say this in watching him in practice, I have seen knock on wood. I have seen nothing that concerns me. And I think he is potentially not only back, but going to be sitting on a huge season. Yeah. I mean, just based on what we saw in, in, in camp and one-on-one drills or team drills, I mean, he, he's hard to block. I mean, they're having a tough time um, containing him. So, yeah, I mean, he makes the defense so much different. And then I think obviously having the two big guys inside will help out the linebackers too. So I, I just think the defense is going to be more like a Zimmer defense. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where Barr's at. I mean, I, I, he was limited yesterday. I don't know if he'll play this, but um, at least he's out there now. I, yeah. I'd be surprised if he played, you know. Yeah. And obviously, we're, we're recording this on uh, Thursday at 11 a.m. Coaches are speaking as we record right now. But Adam Zimmer even hinted that he could even be on a snap count um, for Sunday. And and Zimmer, also Adam Zimmer, that is, followed up that uh, it's going to be most likely a game-time decision on how he feels on Sunday. So I, I would bet game-time decision. He's probably going to be you know limited for the next few days of practice. And we'll figure out shortly before kickoff if he goes. Yeah, so at least it's it, appearances are that it's, you know, it's not going to be a long-term thing. Right. He'll be sooner than later. At least it's the appearance. In fact, he's doing some limited practice. Yeah, I, I think he's probably full go by week three or so. Um, sure. and, and that one's incredibly important because of this. Your base defense is going to have Kendricks, ideally, Kendricks, Barr, Vigil as, as your linebackers. And you're probably in your base defense, what, Chipper, 45% of the time? I, I was going to say 35, but maybe okay. 40. We'll but say yeah, 40. yeah, yeah. But the po- but the point is is what's more important probably is your nickel defense, and that's going to be um, if Barr doesn't play, Vigil and Kendricks, and we could say whatever we want about Barr, but the preference obviously yeah. is Kendricks and Barr, Vigil coming off the field, and, and Mackenzie Alexander going in in the nickel package. So that's a that's a bigger deal to me. Not from a base defense standpoint, it's a bigger deal from a nickel defense standpoint because I think that's where Barr uh, probably plays an incredibly important role in adjustments and things like that. Yeah. And if all of a sudden you've got a new guy out there who's not the player that Barr is, that's probably a fairly big step down. Yeah, I mean, and that's everything we always hear about Barr is just his um, knowledge of the scheme, kind of the intuition he has on defense and getting guys in the right spot and lined up and making up, making the calls and all those things. So I think he's valuable uh, in that regards. And, you know, I know there's frustration with the injuries and we just kind of the inconsistencies that we've seen, you see the flashes and you're like, Oh gosh, this guy's really good. And then um, the other side and then the injury. So, but I do think there's a reason that Mike Zimmer loves the guy and keeps wanting to come back for his defense. He sees him as a valuable uh, cornerstone to it. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it's, you know, I think it is good news that, that they're talking this way, that he's practicing game time decision, that type thing. Because, heck, when we didn't see him throughout training camp, you're like, how serious, you know, you're thinking Daniel Hunter's situation. You're out, you know, how serious is this tweak, thing? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Just a tweak. Well, what? Hey, by, by the way, yeah. why does Mike get so offended by but that? The injury thing bothers him so much. He's, there's something about, about 
he wants us to take him serious. But I mean, coaches have been lying for years. Um, yeah. But every time now, he's like, well, you guys are just going to dismiss what I say or make fun <laughs> or of me. Yeah, he said, you guys are going to throw this back at me. You're going to yes. correct <laughs> It's like, well, you know, that's. You said it was a tweak. Yeah. Well, it was even like yesterday. Um, someone asked him on Monday, someone asked him about his offensive line. He said, yeah, there's some unknowns there. And, you know, he said, the guards are unknowns and, and, you know, they're going to face a good pass rush uh, or a good front on Sunday. And so then somebody circled back with him yesterday. It's like, you know, you talked about your offensive line being unknowns and how comforting is it to have Brian O'Neill there. He's like, well, I was talking about the whole team, not just offensive line. Like, <laughs> you were talking about the offensive line. Yeah. And by the way, your defense, not an unknown. You know exactly what you expect, Mike. <laughs> But he gets so offended, like, we don't buy the – and it's like, Mike, don't worry about it. Guys have been lying yeah. for years, and no one's ever cared till now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's football lying. It's like an R form. I mean, it's just – Yeah, sports it, lying. Yeah, it's sports but, lying. I mean, he make fun of you for that. That's fair. <laughs> you lie to us. We make – that's how it works. It's not a character flaw. It's no. part of – <laughs> I mean, Rick, Rick Spielman, when's the last time that Rick told the truth about any football thing, and you think he cares? He told us Percy Harvin was staying put. He told us Stefan Diggs was staying put. They, those were all lies, but you know what? It's foot. It, it's sports lying. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Purple Access is the show. Judd, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist, and Declan. And I want to talk about a guy next, uh, Chip Scoggins, who had reason – to celebrate last night. But first I want to talk about how he should have been celebrating. Cause I'm going to tell you, in fact, for those of you watching, I'm going to show you Brian O'Neill should have gone home last night. He should have had a 12 pack of surly furious IPA, which he could certainly afford. And he should have been celebrating with a few delicious surly furiouses. In fact, the football season starts tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. I would hope, I would hope that fans of purple daily sponsored, of course, by surly brewing company, are going to their liquor store like Chip Scoggins does, like I do, like Declan does, to pick up their Surly, and in the case of Judd and Chip, let's be honest, Surly <laughs> Furious. Um, it is it is Minnesota's five, favorite IPA. Crack open a Surly Furious. Enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. And Chip, I know you like me. You don't settle. You get Surly. I had one last night, buddy. And I'll have <laughs> right one watching the game. Oh, you got that right. You got that I'm right. jealous. I'm jealous. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Declan? Yeah, best thing about Furious, too, is you can uh, be drinking a Surly Furious, and you can also be playing the new MN Vikings scratch game from the Minnesota State Lottery. You can uh, score second, uh, great second-chance prizes like Vikings tickets and merchandise. There's a $2 skull game that wins up to $15,000. So if you're a big fan and ready for fun, uh, get pumped and say, I'm in to Vikings scratch games. There's $5 games. There's holographic design, second chance prizes. You must be 18 years or older to play, but that's Minnesota State Lottery. Say I'm in with the Vikings scratch games. All right. Speaking of the man who hit the lottery yesterday, Chip, um, Brian O'Neill gets a contract from the Vikings. It's a five-year extension that, by the way, is going to kick in next year. So he's actually now signed through uh, 2000. And 26, the most important, it's 90 plus million dollars. But I mean, these contracts always look great. Uh, The most important figure in the contract is I believe it's $49 million guaranteed. That's what he's going Mm -hmm. to get. Um, Average annual value now, it puts him behind Ryan Ramchick of the Saints, who just got a contract, I think it was in the spring, second highest average annual value of a right tackle in the National Football League. I saw some debate on Twitter about this last night because. O'Neill is a very good right tackle. 
His pass blocking grades aren't as good. His run blocking mm-hmm. grades are. But I said, look, you developed a guy here. You have problems finding guys at these spots. And he has turned into a very good player. This was a payday I had no problem with. How about you? No, I had none either. It's funny. I, I, I tweeted out uh, when it came out. I was like, and this came like two hours after Mike Zimmer, you know, uh, expressed concern about the top-heavy nature of the roster. People are like, oh, what are you not going to pay him? I was like, no, you have to pay him. I mean, I saw the tweet, and I saw the reaction. And I was that like, holy cow. Twitter. Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 that's Vikings Twitter, or just Twitter in general. No, absolutely. When you draft a guy and you develop and you think he's becoming a premier player at a position, particularly that position where you've struggled so hard to find good players, you mm-hmm. absolutely have to. Spend money on, and did they overspend? I don't know. I mean, I know people want to. It's the market. It's yeah. They people throw out the rankings of where he ranked and all you know amongst um, PFF, and and I get that, but um, they view him as a cornerstone ascending, you know, top shelf right tackle. Mm-hmm. Reward him. You know, you have to pay him. What are you not going to pay him? And yeah. so I, I had no problem with it. Investing in the offense line, I'll, I don't think I'll ever have a problem with him investing in, in their offense. And, I, and he, he'll be, he will be second in the league among right tackles in average annual value for probably a few months, and then someone mm-hmm. else will sign a contract. I, I mean, that's how this works. And, and look, this is the one, one thing that this, this franchise did from and has done from the time the Wilfs bought it is they have done a very good job at at least taking the players they've developed in the from the draft and keeping them. And mm-hmm. and to me you can't start to complain about well they shouldn't have, you know that that contract might be too much. The flip side is okay he plays out the 2021 season in O'Neill's case and walks. How's that going to be taken? Exactly. So yeah, I like the fact that this team and look, the Dalvin contract, I didn't necessarily because of the p- position he plays. I didn't necessarily love that. But the thing that I'm on board with is there is a fundamental decision throughout the franchise that they, if they develop a player, they're going to do everything they can to keep that guy with a fair Mm -hmm. or really good contract. That's far preferable to the old days of, Hey, red says we can't keep you. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and I know there's a salary cap you have to, you consider, but I just, I appreciate a organization that says we're going to reward the players that, deserve being rewarded that have, you know, gotten better, improved, want to be there. Um, and they're going to spend the money on them. So, yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a good deal. And, you know, they, they need to invest in that position and they need more Brian O'Neill's. They need yep. some of these guys <laughs> um, to come through. And, and so I think it's, you know, I, I, I have a hard time, criticizing um, a team being aggressive in re-signing their own players. Now, you know, you can get down to do they spend too much and all that, but you can nitpick it. But I just think, hey, they're trying to protect the the players that they drafted and have groomed. And so I, I, I just, I don't have a problem with them signing to that big deal. Yep, and the one thing that I see trending here, Chip, and I don't know um, that, I don't know if the decision has been finalized yet, but the one thing that I see is we we can quibble about these contracts and be like, well, the salary cap's going up next year, but um, 
I really believe financially, this is Kirk's last year here, uh, because it's a $10 million hit against the cap if you trade him or if yeah. he's on, which, by the way, does not kill you. Like right now, it would have. Um, after this year, it won't. But if he's gone, and, and if I'm fingers completely crossed, unknown, let's say Mond is developing and, and like yeah. you like him, or let's say that there's an alternative there. The one thing is, um, all of a sudden, the Cook contract, the O'Neill contract, the Harrison Smith, take your pick, become a lot more palatable to put together. If, yeah. if, if you've got a quarterback who doesn't break the bank, Mond wouldn't. And Christian Derrissaw, if he can become the player that they think, a left tackle who's controllable for five years, yeah, two really important positions at a really reasonable rate, potentially. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, the Derrissaw one would be huge if you don't have to go out on the market and spend a lot on a free agent there. Um, And I agree on Cousins, and we have to see how the season plays out, obviously. But um, just knowing what you've seen, unless it's something radical, the performance that we see, uh, if it's just more of the same after this year, are you going to want to see more of the same? And I don't think Zimmer, I don't think you can, and it, this might sound like a hot take, but I don't think that you can ask Zimmer and Cousins to coexist for another year. Like, I think this this year, this year is going to push it to the limit. It yeah. really is. I, there, it already is, yeah. Yeah, and the animosity that's obviously there um, is only going to potentially grow. And I, And look, Right or wrong, not getting vaccinated has has um, sat the wrong way with a lot of people in that building. And I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know how many cousins, past cousin supporters, have now flipped their flipped the ticket and aren't on uh, the Kirk <clears throat> campaign trail now. But you know, Dalvin might not be vaxxed. He's not Harrison Smith, Thielen. But yeah. the only one that I've heard internally where they really were upset with how it, it was handled was Kirk. Yeah, and and you may think that's unfair to single out one guy when you have a handful of stars. Guess what? You're the quarterback, man. You're making thirty one million dollars, and you're the most important guy on that team. As, as Dalvin's your best player, or or Hunter or Kendricks, we we can have the conversation. There's no denying who's your most important player, and yeah. so when he refuses to, and and then starts talking about plexiglass, and, that's, and I think that's it where it really small. went sideways. I think that's where they said, no, wait a second. Um, and, you know, I think Zimmer's comments about he didn't he didn't mention uh, anybody by name, but he said some of the stuff these guys uh, believe in, it's just kind of way out there. Yes. I don't I don't think that went over well with the unvaccinated guys either. So. Yep. Um, so, no, it is. Um, they're starting this season from a point of tension between the head coach and the quarterback. And I, I go back to what happens if this, if he has a bad game where he throws three picks and they lose the game. It's a great question. Is Mike going to walk in there and be diplomatic? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so the other thing what we've heard, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And the other thing with Kirk and, and old crusty sports people hate this and Zimmer qualifies as one. The other thing with Kirk that would be different from cook Harrison Smith or Thielen is this one. Zimmer knows that Don Cousins, Kirk's dad, is involved in Kirk's life and his thinking. And old, crusty sports people hate when professional <laughs> athletes are influenced by parents. It might be fair. It might not be fair. But but I'll, perfect example, same position, much smaller scale, because th- this guy had no impact. Kyle Sloter's old man. 
He was yeah. always involved. It drove the Vikings crazy. I have I have yet to hear someone who's been at pro sports a long time who said, I talked to Mr. So-and-so a couple days ago, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Professional coaches hate parents because that's the one thing. Seriously, <laughs> it's supposed to end at college, right? If yeah. then? Well, but I mean, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be in college. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. But, but, my, but my point is, my point is that's an undersold storyline where I think some fans are like, oh, come on. You know, it's great. The parents. No. They don't. Yeah. So, so the fact that this this team knows that Don Cousins like comes to games sometimes, that's fine. But then gets involved with his kid, drives a guy like Zimmer up the wall. I guarantee well, it. And that's and that might not be fair, but I guarantee that's factoring into this in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and and you know every every player who hasn't got the the shot hasn't come out and said their reasoning for it. Might be religious beliefs. Sure. Whatever you know, they just haven't come out. And, sure, nor, nor are they going to. Um, and I don't know that Zimmer even cares for the reason at this point. He just cares that. And I, you know, I, I, I do agree. I, I will believe him on some level. He says he cares about players' health, and I, I do believe it. But he also cares about the team. Yeah, I'm so, not. Yeah. I'm not, not going to dismiss it. I, I don't want to say he's heartless. He doesn't care about their health. I think there is some of that too. But let's not be naive. It's about the team, right? It's about correct. You have the you you're running the, the risk of costing us games, yes, because you you won't do it. And so, I think as an old school coach, that's where his frustration stems from. Is like coaches are control freaks; they want to control everything. Right? Guess what? They can control when you show up. They can control when you practice. How you how you perform? Who plays? He can't control this. He right. can't control guys getting. Vax, uh, vaccinated and, and it's, I think it's driving him crazy. But that's my point is I think guys like Mike are willing to tolerate the immediate family. So, so like if you come back and say, my wife and I talked about this, the coach probably is not thrilled, but he's like, okay, that's your wife. I can, I can deal. I think okay, when yeah. it's like, Hey, you know, I talked to my dad last night and they're like, Oh no, no, no. Don't be called. <laughs> I, I'll tell you right now. Do you think, I mean, Harrison Smith is not vaxxed. He got a contract yeah. extension, and as far as I can tell, Mike might be frustrated or disagree w- with him, but he still loves him. Um, yeah. You, when do you think the last time that that an extended person from Harrison Smith's family called Mike and said, "Hey, here's what I, you know"? It, it Harrison Smith would call his I don't know parents up or uncle up and say, "Never yeah. call here again." Um, <laughs> and but but seriously, I think that's part. I think that's part of how we got to this. Because it yeah. doesn't seem necessarily fair on the surface that Harrison Smith got a contract extension and Kirk is being vilified unless we sort of understand what the frustration with Kirk is. Because uh, it's not like, you know, again, Dalvin's not vaxxed. I don't think they've yeah. on Dalvin. But I also don't um, – I don't know that Zimmer and, and Cousins ever had the chummiest relationship. No, so. they didn't. But anything drives Mike but crazy any, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, he has a great relationship with those other guys, so he probably probably drives him crazy. But it's not. Uh, he's not going to take shots at him. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's um. To go back to your original point. I my gut tells me this is his his cousin's last year here, and, and obviously things can change, and you know he can have a great year, and everybody feels better about where they're at, and have no issues with the with COVID. And, um, you know, the season plays out how it will, and, and you'll kind of have a better feel for where the relationship is. But I wouldn't say they're starting this season on the best of terms. 
You know? No. no. Agree completely. All right, last thing. Give me your surly furious prediction for Sunday's game against the Bengals. I think they I think they win. Um I think the defensive line will be able to get pressure on Burrow and make it I know they have some a talented wide receiver core. I think uh, Daniil being back at the pressure uh will be able to disrupt him. I think the offense is going to be fine. I really do. I think now that you have everybody out there, Dalvin Jefferson, I think everybody's healthy there. Um <laughs> So I'll, I'll go um, 28-24. Mm, okay. That's close to what I was go- going to say. Okay, hold on a second. Let me get my, my magic beer can out. And, and much like a crystal ball, I'm going, to rub it. I'm going to rub it for help here. Oh, surly beer can, Furious, tell me what the final score will be. Vikings 24, Bengals 14. Because yeah, I'm with you. I think they, I think they win, and I do think, I think the the training camp shenanigans left us a little bit too concerned. I'll yeah. say this too: these first three games, I really think to get off the start that you want, you need to be two and one. Well, I don't think the, you win all three, but I think you need to be, be two and one. And Seattle here is a doable game. That's not yeah. Seattle there, folks. They do not want to have one of their September slow starts and get off to a bat and dig a hole because. The way that schedule sets up on the back end, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to play catch up. <laughs> you know, oh, they, absolutely! It's going to, they need to get off to a good start for sure. All right, Chipper, we will talk to you next week. Thanks much, Declan. Great job, and uh, thank you, Magic Surly Beer Can, for helping me with my prediction. Talk to you guys.